Hello and welcome to the Harvard EdCast, a series of conversations with thought leaders in the field of education or entertainment from across the country or and both. around the world. Or both. You're both. That's right. I'm Matt Weber, host, and tonight we're here with our guest who is known in both fiction and nonfiction as Tony. <laughs> but more recently, he was Mr. D at Northeast High School, first year teacher, reality show star, and good steward of a profession that has been a lifelong dream of his. Not Soprano, not Tiger, this Tony experienced a year that only a book could capture. I'd like to apologize to every teacher that I ever had is the book, the man, the myth, the legend, the author is Tony Danza. Welcome to the EdCast. Matt, that is one of the greatest introductions I have ever gotten. That's amazing. You are one of our greatest guests. Well, thank you very much for having me. You've been properly buttered up, now moving into the questions. Yes, now we're ready. Okay. (laughs) So before many movies and television shows, you prepare. You mentally Mm -hmm. prepare, you physically prepare. Right. Your year as a teacher was not just acting. It was an actual year of teaching. Right. How do you mentally prepare for that? And how do you physically prepare for that? Well, it's interesting. I think that like most first-year teachers, you know, uh, you sort of prepare on the job. You think you know, you prepare, you you, you get your curriculum down and you, you, or to the best, uh, you know, the best you can because I think it takes years to get it down. But but you, you think you're ready. You go to orientation. You've taken the courses. You've done everything. You're ready. And then you walk in the classroom and everything changes. And then you adapt and you try to uh, you deal with the, uh, with the situation as it is. And I felt like um, it probably takes three years, four years before you can, you know, you're really kind of, uh, I mean, comfortable. Who were some of the people you talked to in preparing for that, not just at the orientation, friends or family members? And then who were some of your role models in teaching before this? Well, let's, let's start with the role, role models in teaching. I had a, a teacher in, uh, in, he's in, he's in the book in high school. His name was Chick Messenger, Charles Messenger. And he was the guy who uh, put on the, the uh, school musical as well as uh, being an English teacher. And he was always so excited about not only uh, the musical stuff, but the, the, the material, you know, Shakespeare and uh, Proof Rock. I mean, I remember Proof Rock. I mean, his enthusiasm made you, you know, it sort of, it hooked you. And so that, that was only, that was, the, um, that was the one teacher that sticks out. There were, there, were, there were many, I mean, but he particularly sticks out because he was also the, uh, the entertainment guy. Um, I talked to a lot of people. I, one of the uh, one of the the one that that really touched me, and and I think it speaks to the situation that we find ourselves in today, uh, in education, is that uh, I spoke to a teacher early on. I was working up in a school uh, um, on Lincoln High School in uh, it's sort of on the Bronx in the Bronx uh, West uh, Westchester border, and. Um, she said to me, uh, we're talking about teaching, we're sitting in a teacher's lounge, and I didn't have a pass, and it was weird. But uh, I said to her, uh, you know, what, what's it like? And she says, well, the, the difference is now uh, you have to be so many different things to the kids. You not only have to be a teacher, you got to be a mother, a father, a sister, a brother, a therapist, a social worker, a, you know, a best friend. I mean, and so, and what happens is, is that, um, and this is the thing that I think that teachers don't get enough credit for, is that, the emotional grind of teaching is is overwhelming because what happens is you know the kids need you need to show the kids you care otherwise they really don't work anymore you know they that's sort of a prerequisite now for some reason uh, because the unmotivated student is no longer the 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 uh, the exception I mean that's you know so you, you you have to show them you care now you show them you care and they they tell you their their lives they unload on you and and you're in a position then that's really difficult. Because a lot of times, not only does it shake you up, but you actually have to, 
you know, you might have to report this. I think it's very clear that you do care about the students, and that's even apparent in the reality show, Teach How. You didn't want forced drama. You wanted it to be just like an actual documentary on teaching. What do you think that show did for the profession? Um, well, you know, you know I, I think that messages are really important. Like, for instance, I think if you uh, lay off the school nurse and the kids come to school and you've been telling a kid, boy, this is really important, and he comes to school and the school nurse is gone, that's a bad message, okay? But there's also a message that somebody cares. And I think the show had, a, had a, uh, an effect. I, I get a lot of, you know, teachers coming up to me saying thanks, which is really gratifying and, and very ironic. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I, think, uh, I, I think that the message that somebody cares, uh, that it's important enough to be on TV, that uh, it was important enough to even try it, that, that a network would say, okay, let's do that. Um, okay, they didn't stay with it, and it didn't last forever, and, and, uh, and unfortunately nobody watched, and not many people watched. But the people that did, really, I think it had an effect. And, I, and again, it's all about the message. You know, the thing that I talk about all the time now is the culture. You know, we have to accept the fact, we have to, you know, just, just admit that we have a destructive culture as far as education is concerned. We really do. We're not even talking about the subcultures, which are even sometimes even worse, but the culture overall. You know, the message is antithetical to education. You don't have to be educated. In fact, you have politicians telling you that, you know, maybe college isn't for you. You know, education is the thing you, for is the thing you end up with after you forget everything you learned. And so, I mean, we have to ex accept that. We have to just say that, and, and then maybe, you know, it's like uh, I do this in a book, and I'm going to do it tonight, you know, uh, I tell the kids, good behavior and hard work will pay off. And then they go home and watch Jersey Shore and say, no, no, Mr. Dancer, there's another way. And I got nothing against the kids in Jersey Shore. If you sent me to the beach and told me, act out and I'll pay you, I'd be afraid to see the footage. But, you know, you got it's the suits. The guys that are putting this on, sending their kids to public schools. I mean, private schools, by the way, but that's a whole other story. But it's just that we have to accept the fact that we're culpable in this. We used to nurture our kids. You know, there was a, you know, I don't know, Matt, when I was um, a kid, I was, I don't know, well, I mean, a little kid, there was a show on, and it used to go off at 7.30. And the host, it was a very popular children's show, and we'd watch it every night. And the, and the host would actually say, now it's time for all good children to go to sleep. And we would go to sleep. Because that, that's what, you know, nurturing children is all about. Uh, let's be honest, we're just trying to sell them something now. Mm. You're out on your book tour. Thousands of people across the country are asking you questions. After the most common question of who's the boss, mm. what are they asking you? Um, what are they asking me? Um, yeah, I, I, it's not so much questions I'm being asked. It's, so much, it's more, uh, I, I, I was skating the other day uh, in New York City. I, I'm an inline skater. I was going down 67th Street going into the park. Guy stopped at the light. A guy ran out of the thing, a workman from the building at 167 or 267, whatever it is. And he said, hey, Tony, man, I always loved your shows, and I always loved what you did. He says, but that thing with the schools is really cool, man. So I'm getting a lot of that. I, and I've been making a joke that a lot of teachers have been coming up to me and saying, I accept your apology. <laughs> <laughs> now, you've been a teacher and an actor. This is actually a question from our Facebook audience. Would you say the paychecks equate to the level of work required for each? And if not, how would you recommend addressing this disparity? Well, no. <laughs> no, I don't. It's a think. sort of rhetorical question. Yeah, I, I guess it is. I, I actually refer to this in the, in this, in the, the presentation tonight. You know, uh, uh, so I, I, I got them to do a reality show about teaching. 
And I was getting paid like a TV star. And I, I thought I found a way to make teaching pay. You know, I just make it a TV job. If all know? classrooms were TV right, jobs, yeah. Exactly. But unfortunately, you know, once they left, I uh, and I wasn't getting paid anymore. I was more like a real teacher. Yes. So the last line in your book is obviously the title of your book. I'd like to apologize to every teacher I've ever had. If there was one more line after that, what would you say to your teachers? Because uh, what you tried to give me and what you gave me uh, is something that I I, I can't be. Uh, I can't even try to figure out how to be grateful for. I just didn't understand it at the time. And I mean, I mean this, you know, this is, I think, is the solution. Um, we have to convince the kids that they will regret not making the most of this time, this time in school. It's this, this little sliver of their lives which informs the rest of it. You know, the famous Shakespearean uh, quote, in the affairs of men there is a tide taken at its flood leads on to good fortune, omitted and the rest of your life is mired in the shoals and the miseries. Well, it's the truth. This little sliver of their lives, because, because we're living in a time now that is unlike when I grew up, where you could actually not even graduate high school and go get a job in a construction site and have that middle-class life, middle because the country afforded you that. It's not happening anymore. You've got to have skills. You have to be a critical thinker. You've got to be ready, even if you have a job, you have to be ready that if that job changes or it goes away, that you are smart enough and, 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 and a critical thinker that you can figure out what's next. You know, and, and it's, it's just a different time. And we have to, we can't want the kids to want an education, to get an education more than they want it for themselves. Mr. Danza, there's hundreds of people waiting to see you in about it's my five minutes. Talking, we do have a gift for you from Harvard. The Harvard Ed School appreciates what you've done for education. And I need a drum beat. We, we know you're drum an inline roll. skater. We know you like to box. We know you like to work out. Yeah. This will show sweat and pit stains, yeah. but you're, you're Tony Danza. You're going to look cool in it anyway. A it's a Harvard love. shirt. That's wild. That's, that's, so uh, uh, feel free to wear that with pride and think about all the, the good people you're helping the out. The irony just refuses to <laughs> stop. <laughs> this has been the Harvard EdCast, a production of the Harvard Graduate School of Education. Thank you, Tony Danza. Thank you very much, Matt. You're terrific. The Harvard Graduate School of Education, working at the nexus of practice, policy, and research.